Mammy Atel, I am Dirty Dancing. Hello, I'm Harry. <laughs> and I'm Tim. And this is Tracks. You alright, mate? Hello there, Tim. How's it going? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? I am bloody brilliant today, thank you very much. Wicked. Yeah, how's your week been? My week's been alright, actually, yeah. How's yours? <laughs> Skim over that straight away. It's been alright, can we move on now? Thank you very much. It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? It's like, so it's like um, we're basically, every time we start this podcast, we have like one of those meetings where you see somebody that you don't really want to talk to, yeah. but you have to say, all right, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, you how was your weekend? Yeah, and you just like, but you're still kind of walking <laughs> as you're yeah. talking to them. And you're looking back like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, nice one. Cheers. Bye. You know, yeah. like, well, I hated every second of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate those. Or like if you, I mean, your office is probably a really good example because you've got like quite a central kitchen. Like if you get caught in the kitchen at work with someone who you don't really know, but you've always got to do like the, how's your weekend? Kind of chat. Yeah. Although with the, I don't not like anyone, but there are people that I'm not that friendly with. Yeah. It's not a not liking and situation. It's say, just a not knowing. Well, we don't even do that. There's just silence in the kitchen when there's oh, just... that's worse. No, I'm pretty happy with it. Because there's only like two or three people out of like 50 where it's like that. See that? So, and, and we're all pretty good about it. Yeah, but that is the moment for... Instead of the podcast, that's where you should be using your weather chat. Like, it's perfect. It's made for kitchens at work. <laughs> no, but our listeners need to know if it was a bit warm or a bit rainy. Uh, no, no, use it at work. That's Which... As we're talking about, it has been quite rainy. Yeah, it has. Isn't it? Yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> no, I just want to say that the other day I went out with no coat on, got to the bus stop, realised I needed my coat, put it on, got to the train, had to take it off because it was too hot. Jesus Christ. Then I was walking through London, I was like, God, it's hot. And then when I walked back, I needed my coat again. And it was like, man. Anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> that was a long story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're talking and, you're, and you, your brain's telling you, shut up! Yeah, but I told you before boring. you even started, and <laughs> you still went with it. Um, yeah. yeah, because I, yeah, carry on. Yeah, well, a little bit of my like highlight of the week does involve a bit of rain, because, um, not my goes. musical highlight of the week, <laughs> but like what I've been doing this week. I had a dog. I got Oh, a, yeah. I got a bloody dog. Didn't actually get a dog. I was just dog sitting, but for like five days... I, I saw a, all the videos. I was a dog owner. It was so good. Yeah, because you're not massively a dog person. We've talked about it before. You're not against them or anything. I'm, um, I, I've I've become increasingly a dog person, and this tipped me over the edge. So like, no, no, nothing bad. No. Um, I took him to work on Friday, and he he didn't really like it. He, he was called Senny. He's a cool little kind of poodle mix. I don't really know what he was. Every time I took him for a walk, someone would be like, "Curly one, wouldn't he?" Everyone like, oh, he's nice. What kind of breed is he? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they looked to me weird. Obviously um, not the dog owner. Yeah, uh, yeah but... Uh, so I took him to work on Friday, and he didn't particularly like uh, my office. He didn't particularly like my colleague. He was a bit annoyed that it was raining on our way in. He was very annoyed that it was raining on our way home. Um, <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, he just didn't like it. He, he just... He, there was... Like before, you sound mad. I sound mad. Dogs just walk. No, he, he didn't. He he really didn't. He'd like stop and be like, and like whenever there was a bit of cover, he'd kind of run under it and look at me like, I'm staying here. Seriously? Yeah. 
What a little princess. I know. Well, he was a bit pampered. He is a bit pampered generally, I think. Or prince. Um, but yeah, and like before we left the office, it was it was it wasn't even raining that much. It was like drizzling, but he was lying down by the window. I was like, "Senny, we're gonna go home in a minute." And he looked at the window and just looked at me, and it was like, "No." You know, you are a dog person because you're you're doing what you know pet owners do, where they absolutely humanise their dog. Oh, but he was a character. It was no, old Senny. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. But you you completely like suddenly make up like what they're saying and thinking. Oh yeah, I know. I, I used to do that. I know. So, but I absolutely loved it. I I would go and get a dog tomorrow now. Really? It's hard work. He was really. He was definitely hard yeah, work. You haven't even had him as a puppy. Uh, he's only like one, so he not quite a puppy, but he's still like. You haven't had to deal yeah. with shit, basically shit on the bed yet. So. Uh, no, didn't shit on the bed. Did jump on the bed a lot. Um, you looked quite um, cute when he was like laying against like your pillow. I think Meek was like rubbing his tummy or something. Yeah, well, because he. It looked he's, like a morning. Yeah, he sleeps in like a little crate thing, so you kind of shut him in overnight, yeah. um, and then in the morning, get him out for little playtime, little cuddles in bed. Oh, it was so good. It was honestly <laughs> the best thing ever. Um, Wicked. Yeah, and like things that I thought would annoy me, like I've never, I'd never picked up a dog's poo before. Have you not? No, because I've never had a dog, have I? This How is the closest I've it? ever come to having a dog. Didn't care. <laughs> well, I actually quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Nice the only, little warmth. The only annoying thing was he had this, like, I I just assumed that dogs poo, like, all in one go. But he would, and he would do it on the beach as well. So he'd, like, crouch down and do one little bit and then sort of shuffle to a different bit and then do another little blob and then shuffle to another bit and do another little blob. So I'm there, like, trying to work out what's a pebble and what's poo on the beach. <laughs> like, have I got all these? I have no idea. Um... <laughs> Someone's throwing stones into the sea. They're like, "This is very squishy." <laughs> it could be. Um, so, but yeah, like getting up first thing in the morning, taking him for a walk, all that stuff. Loved it. Okay. Yeah, I'm all about that dog owning life. I'm glad. Um, so yeah, that was that was really really good. Um, yeah, I never got to see him. No, I did tell you that you should have come over on the weekend, but you didn't. Did you? Yeah, I told you last week when we were recording. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, it's not not worth having that discussion now. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool, and we had like a little bit of a because we were staying in the dog owner's flat, which was beautiful. Like looked over the sea, um, myself and my girlfriend. So like a little bit of a staycation. Um, it was really cool. It's been a great few days. Nice. I come here in great spirits and ready to take on the pod. Uh, how about you? Anything particularly exciting, Guanim? Um, wow, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. It was, I'm not going to bore everybody completely, but I will say that a colleague of mine has gone away to Hong Kong and Australia for three weeks, and uh, I've taken on quite a lot this week. So, yeah. yes, it's been very busy, but with our whole new look outlook on life, I've tried to weigh it up pretty well with um, Netflix. <laughs> You've been doing some and- cool stuff, though. You've been making music. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting at, is yeah. that uh, I've just been really using my weekends well, chilling, uh, I went to a friend's, but I'm, I'm feeling very adult at the moment, where you go to a friend's for dinner, yeah, and then there are all these, like, five people sitting around a table drinking wine, Tell having me a it. meal that everybody, that one person's, like, cooked for everyone. Yeah, I did that on Saturday. 
Exactly. Yeah. And everyone's talking about mortgages and uh, oh, we yeah, didn't have no, that. no, I, I didn't want that. <laughs> but they, these are the the couples and the friends that I am off, often around that yeah. often talk about taps. <laughs> and like, it's very obvious when I dip out of conversation because I don't yeah. give a shit about any of that yet. Nine taps. I just try and butt in every now and then with like, does anyone fucking want to get pissed? <laughs> what about plugs, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like plugs. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've been feeling a bit adult too because one thing I didn't mention was I went to a Buddha Blood gig on Sunday night. Didn't have a drink. Well done. I am Timmy Tito at the moment, 10 days sober, not touched a drop. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting experience, seeing everyone else getting pissed and just not, just well not feeling like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, adultness going around all over the place. Dinner parties, not drinking, taps. <laughs> it's, all, it's all here. <laughs> oh, very fun. Um, I've also been watching that thing on Netflix, the dark tourism oh i'm into that yeah i'm into that i think you told me to watch well, for the first time ever you told me to watch something that i hadn't yet um and it's really good it's very interesting i think i've only seen about three episodes so far yeah so what is it for the listeners at home it's basically a very funny man um we say a little bit of a mix of uh louis theroux and brett from flight of the concords yeah I think a large part of that is just because he's from New Zealand, though. Yes. He's basically just Louis through. Just Louis through with a New Zealand <laughs> accent. I think that's yeah. really what we're saying. Um, and he's... Like, I just saw the one where he goes to see... Oh, so, basically, he goes to... He goes around the world to all these places that are considered, like, dark tourist spots. So, it's things yeah. like... Things where bad things have happened... Have happened. Yeah. Um, or... There's like cults, yeah. Or basically, like all where, sorts of things. Yeah, like where that. tourism has sprouted from uh, negative things happening, whether it's like drug deals or like border crossing, like trying to smuggle yourself into a country or like, like nuclear, nuclear stuff. Yeah. yeah, all sorts. Anything dark, basically, so has occurred. People are flocking there. Apparently, I've just seen the one where he goes to meet um, the guy who was part of Pablo yeah, Escobar's cool. like gang, and he yeah. was basically an assassin for. Yeah, him. he's really scary. Right that guy, man. <laughs> and he and I do understand that like, he's basically becoming friends with the guy, yeah. although he is a very deadly man who says yeah. he's changed, but it seems like you know he's still trying to live that life through his little films he's making and stuff. So yeah. it's obvious that he's still holding. Well, I on can't a little understand bit. why that guy isn't in jail. <laughs> I know because he's so. I mean, I know he served some jail time, but he's so open about like the because fact that he killed his girlfriend and he did all these things. Well, I think it's it's that kind of world where they can pay people off or they can. Yeah. I mean, they spoke to a guy who was part of the police, and he just openly admitted that he had been basically taking bribes yeah. for like 20 yeah. years or whatever but it's funny it's isn't amazing. it it's like, it's like this Mexican little town and they're really proud that Pablo Escobar came from there I, yeah. I think he like invested quite a lot in the local area but yeah they like love him and he's seen as kind of this criminal legendary but monk. he's a villain everywhere yeah. else yeah. and a bit of a what the, the, the Robin Hood over yeah. there yeah um, which, so it's all very interesting and I'm, I can't wait to see the rest of them uh, and I'm sure there, there'll be plenty more series to come and yeah. stuff. Have you have you seen uh, the Japan one yet? That's my favourite. Is that the one where they're going to Fukushima? Yeah, they go to 
they go into the the sort of no entry zone. Yeah. Um, and at the begin, they go on this tour. They're on a bus tour with a load of different other tourists. <laughs> and at the beginning, the the guy the guide he says, uh, if your Geiger meters go over, I think 0.7, that's like dangerous. And they're going further and further in, and their Geiger meters are going to like 7.5. And this Japanese guide is just like. Oh, it's fine. Like keeps on, just keeps driving them in, and they're all like, "No." Their faces are just yeah. of like pure terror, and they're yeah. all just like, "No, let's just turn this thing around." I'm not comfortable. Yeah, it's weird that one because it's like, what? A, what even is it? So it's radioactive, like yeah, it's radiation, whatever. isn't it? It's radiation, but because you're fine at the time, you're thinking, "Well, nothing's happening, so I'm probably yeah. fine." But none of them probably have kids anymore. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> they'll be sprouting out mushrooms from their eyelids. I know, there's a really, really sad one, which you probably haven't seen yet, where they go to, like, um, Kazakhstan or something like that, um, where, which is where the... the stands? Ro- yeah. Have you seen that one? I think I've seen at least the first half. Carry on. Uh, well, they go to, like, the, the where, where the Russians used to, like, test their nuclear bombs. Yeah. Um, so they've got these huge craters uh, in the in the ground, and they, like, swim in a pool of one of them. Uh, yeah. And they're, it's a, you know, they're kind of not, like joking and laughing about the fact that nuclear bombs went off there but kind of uh enjoying the spectacle of it and then they Mm -hmm. go to an orphanage where there's a lot of kids who were um have suffered the effects of radiation poisoning Mm -hmm. and that's really kind of that brings home because you're watching this program thinking oh this is fun and like uh wow these kind of dark it's really quirky and weird and then you see that and it's like oh my god actually this is terrible grim Um, it's amazing that that I, i looked at it on google earth actually that night and i was just like that whole it's like it's a big mass of land and it was just used for dropping bombs and yeah. it was like it's absolutely obliterated now yeah. if you look at it there are just hundreds of craters everywhere yeah. it's just absolutely been destroyed yeah and, and you can't quite believe that it was allowed no I know like, just yeah just let your bombs off nuclear bombs yeah like don't do that no <laughs> I, don't, I don't know God knows what that play. Imagine if that hadn't done. There's probably probably be that lush rainforest, or yeah. it wouldn't be because of the. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's really affected it that bad. But um, but yeah, very good show. Very into that. Yeah, and um, that's what I'm doing in my downtime. Really sick. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, also in your downtime, I hope that you've been listening to a bit of music because that is quite not only your actual job but this job as well so yeah. I would like to know if anything has particularly stood out for you this week so much so that you would call it a highlight you dragged that one out didn't you <laughs> <laughs> always do mate I like the sound of my own voice that's why I've got a podcast yeah we know <laughs> so my highlight of this week is uh, it actually comes from at work we do a thing called FOMO where every month we talk in a big group about five of our favourite tracks of the month okay and um somebody's was this track here and I fell in love with it a little bit so the artist is Louis Cole I don't know that artist um, the song is called When You're Ugly now Louis Cole actually worked on Thundercat's last album I believe so I think he produced or wrote two songs and I think off the back of that uh, Fly Low uh, otherwise known as uh, Flying Lotus uh, signed him up to Brain Feeder his record label and said, or somebody, a mate of his said, look, um, make an album for Brain Feeder. Okay. And put it out on us and whatever. So he did. And that album is Time. So this song, When You're Ugly, uh, 
once I read some of the lyrics, you'll see why it speaks to me a little and why it... No, 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 it's not sad. It's not sad. Okay, good. He was looking I, at me there I was, like, stop I was about being to horrible. Charge at the microphone and say, you're not ugly, Harry. <laughs> but just let, let me finish. So it opens uh, with... It's brilliant because it says like um, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, all the same. Um, but it says, we all live on planet Earth and this is how it works. Times two. Chorus. And this is why I love this. When you're sexy, people want to talk to you. When you're ugly, no one wants to talk to you. When you're ugly, there is something you can do called fuck the world and be real cool. <laughs> and it's, got like it's got this really funky vibe. It definitely seems like something that could be on a Thundercat record. And that's very much been brought across. Um, but it's obvious that he's obviously produces like that in the first place. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool song, and it reminds me in a way of that song "Cool" by um, Zach, Zach Villiers. Yeah. Um, just because of its kind of not, it's so not serious. Yeah. But it still does kind of deliver a message that might mean something to some people. But it is a bit tongue in cheek. It's a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, I, and it was a conversation I was having with somebody the other day about like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a maybe small-minded thing to say attractive people have it easier than less attractive people and I'm going to use uh, air quotes air quotes with Bunny that ears. because um, you know obviously it's all subjective and whatever um, and that is not really true but when you do have that discussion it, a lot of people will agree with it <laughs> yeah. if you're a beautiful person it does can, look quite a lot easier than that it does yeah <laughs> And this is what the song's getting at, and I, and I quite like that yeah. that little kind of message slash joke. Uh, let's yeah. play the song because it's a fun song, and he will put this across a lot better than I can. So this is Louis Cole with the song "When You Are Ugly."
So there we go, Louis Cole with When You're Ugly. Did you like the track? I did. That was really fun. Um, like I say, just a kind of cool little feel-good track, really, wasn't it? It yeah. was um, nothing too heavy, nothing too deep, but I liked it. And also, there is a little bit of a kind of message there. Like, you can being cool is kind of better than and any just natural you. assets you might have. Just be yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Wicked. I but, like that one. Yeah. Very good indeed. Um, so, your pick, Tim. Uh, so, as you probably know, one thing I'm very partial to is a bit of kind of good pop. I don't like a lot of pop, but when something comes along that I think they've really hit the nail on the head there, it becomes an absolute favourite of mine and kind of jumps over a lot of different genres. And I heard one such track this week. It's from an artist that you might... Uh, have come across or remember previously under another name uh, it's Dublin born uh, artist she's called Cassia O'Reilly but used to trade under the name Bonsai uh, made right. th- three EPs which were kind of uh, slightly electronic kind of R&B stuff mm. uh, worked with Muramasa um, a load of like nice good tracks that came out under that name but for some reason I'm not quite sure why she's decided to go for a bit of a rebrand and is now called Kosha, C-O-S-H-A. And she's put out a new song, which is produced by Rostam of Vampire Weekend fame. Rostam! Exactly, an absolute track's favourite. And this is a really, really great track, and it's one which you're looking at me like you might have heard this already. No, I was just thinking that I listened to the album he did the other day with uh, the other Vampire Weekend... No, with the Vampire Weekend guy. No, Lifehouser. I listened yeah, to Lifehouser and Rostam's album and I found a song I'd never heard before and I absolutely loved it. But yeah. that is by the by. Great album. Yeah. Um, but no, I, this is a track that I think you're really going to like. Um, I've got a feeling this might be one of those that sticks around in your rotation after the episode comes out. So I'd like to play it and get your reaction and we'll go from there. It's called Do You Want to Dance? And it's Lovely. by Kosha. Do you wanna dance, my man? Do you wanna dance? 
So you have it, that was Kosha with Do You Wanna Dance? Harry, what did you think? First listen. I really liked it. There was um, moments of like something we'll actually get onto today. Um, but her voice was very, very nice. There were little moments in there that we'll get onto that. But um, also just, I can see what you mean. It's... it's 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 hard to say this without sounding a little bit like negative, but in like inoffensive. Yeah. Just well made and just good sounds, sonically yeah. pleasing. Just hits the mark and it's kind of understated, isn't it? Yeah. Um and you feel like it's it's constantly kind of bubbling under the surface and you're not there's a bit of on the second verse, there's a bit of a kind of and you're wondering if it's kind of building up to something a bit bigger but it never actually goes there And I, but I don't mind that I think when you get to the no. end of the track you think I like that it stayed on that level without it's, kind of trying to get too big yeah it fits with kind of just chill tracks really like chill yeah. chill pop yeah but um, yeah really I nice. really liked that so if that's what the, the new stuff under the name Kosh is going to sound like then I'm I'm well in mm. all in looks like there's an album yeah so that'll be sick nice one Um, cool so that brings to a close our musical highlights of the week. So regular listeners might have noticed in recent weeks that we've been kind of uh, waxing lyrical about another music podcast, which in some ways seems a stupid thing to do because it's like, here's someone doing what we do, but better. Um, (laughs) But really, this particular podcast is completely different to us in so many ways. It's called Dissect. It's presented by a guy called Cole Kushner. Um, And for people who haven't heard of it before, we'll fill you in. Um, Basically, it goes through a different album or artist each season uh and episode each episode is one song absolutely dissected mm-hmm. taken to bits let's dissect um he kind of analyzes all of the instrumentation analyzes the lyrics in incredible depth and um kind of gives you this whole new understanding of 
a song, an artist, and a kind of process that goes in behind making these tracks. Um, the first season was Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, and that was fantastic. Second season was Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Even better. Um, and as if doing two of our favourite artists wasn't enough, for the third season, he's gone and knocked it out of the park for Harry in particular um, by focusing on Frank Ocean's whole career, really. It's not just one record. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's Channel Orange and Blonde, but there's bits in between of all different stuff he's done as well. Um, and the latest episode really, really caught our attention, didn't it, old Harry? Yeah. Can you tell us why? Well, he talks about the track Solo. And he really delves into, yes, of course, the instrumentation and the lyrics and stuff as well. But then there is one particular part that really struck a chord with us. Yeah. It's the second half of the episode, isn't it? So he goes through the track and sort of pulls it apart. And then he gets to what I think kind of relates more closely to what we do really is he he talks about how a part of the song makes him feel and Mm -hmm. how he reacts to it but he goes really in depth and really scientific very scientific almost just more scientific than I ever thought could be yeah within music because he basically talks about a reaction that you may have or you may not have called frisson or Or frisson. frisson Yeah, uh, derives from a French word. We like to say it like <laughs> that, um, which is basically a chill that you get yeah. listening to a song or a specific part of a song. Um, now, I would have thought it was quite unexplainable, and I think we'll get onto that. And in some cases, it does feel quite unexplainable, but it does go into what really could be causing that. Yeah, especially it- when it comes like down to it, like musically yeah like uh changes in particular particular change from note to note that can bring can kind of prompt that feeling and then he he makes interesting comparisons with songs that are totally different to solo um he does a Beatles song and a Dell song mm-hmm. and says how they are kind of give listeners the same could you pick up when he when he was playing a bit of the song and saying here yeah i could hear be- could you hear what he was going on yeah because he's really good at stripping it down to the really basic I mean, he does it a lot in all the episodes, but he, cause often he's talking about quite complex um, yeah, musical theory yeah, and stuff that's way over my head normally because I've never studied music. I don't know any of that stuff, but he's good at breaking it down and he sits there and he'll play like a little note and then another note and he'll kind of use his long words, but he, he it's goes, crafted in a way which is very uh, digestible, I think. Yes, he definitely, it, for lack of a better term, simplifies it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, the way he goes into basically saying and there are all kind of terminology for this stuff but you know for somebody who did study a bit of music theory I literally have no idea anymore but um, (laughs) kind of um, the natural resolution of what people expect chords to do and what people expect uh, and note what note should take place and he goes into and basically says here he sings a note that shouldn't really be but it goes against this one and it creates this and blah 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 and it really goes into it yeah and um really goes into explaining why you're gonna feel those things yeah uh and it's, it's wicked it's really really cool and really interesting stuff um and it got us thinking about 
kind of doing an episode of songs that you know give us chills give us that kind of emotional reaction mm-hmm. uh, but when we were discussing that we we kind of realized that you harry were pulling together a playlist of 20 30 40 songs <laughs> immediately straight away off the bat it was all there ready for you i was there kind of scraping around a bit and struggling a little bit to think of um songs that do that for me mm. um and we kind of got into a discussion about whether that might be because i'm kind of more of a lyrics person and that is more of a kind of you know someone who listens to the music itself more that gets that response or whether it's just that I'm not letting it wash over me as much as you are or whatever it is um but we thought it'd be kind of cool to rather than going back and forth and doing me doing a pick you doing a pick we thought basically myself and you the listeners at home are kind of going to become your uh, guinea pigs Harry you're mm-hmm. going to play us a load of songs that give you this kind of reaction yeah and i'm gonna tell you whether it gives me chills or not now the interesting thing i think behind this is that i've split mine up a little bit because i yes i think i i seem to have i don't want to sound sappy and weird and whatever but i i'd seem to have a connection to music where on quite a physical level and not so much kind of like it's i mean it's a very like I love it as much as the next person who loves music but when it comes to talking about it or when it comes to lyrics and things like that I kind of struggle I do like good lyrics I do like good kind of yeah writing and stuff but often the things that I fall in love with in a track I can't really explain why yeah they just sound good and they do something for me and they seem like such random bits I think and it's I just almost thought it was interesting yeah. to go into that kind of stuff yeah it's almost like a disconnect from uh, yourself or your conscious thought isn't it I think that's the thing whereas I'm kind of sitting there listening to the words and kind of trying to make yeah. that connection and maybe I'm a bit more conscious with it it's kind of like more of a just um, you're kind of just I yeah. think I just really get the I that's the greatest thing about music and I think one of the greatest things about us two doing this and having this completely different outlook on things is that you could be listening to a song and you're you're saying that is such an emotional song because of what they're saying and you know because of the sounds that you know the sounds fit what they're saying as well yeah. but I will listen to a song almost disregarding the lyrics knowing exactly what they're feeling yeah. at the same time and that's where you, that's when you can tell the difference between a good songwriter and not a good songwriter because if you're not feeling anything and they're trying to tell you that they're sad or whatever it's like well it's not going to work is it but um, that's why I really want to get into this yeah but, uh, but even on even on that thing, like some two people can listen to the same part bit of music. I was listening to the beginning of um, what's the, there's a metronomy song which starts with like, like really slow horns at the beginning. Um, yeah. And then it comes in with the female vocal. Well, I'm going to be playing it in here now.
of course it's Love Letters. Um, and I was listening to that with my girlfriend, and I said I think the beginning is really sad sounding, like, mm. and it makes me feel a bit sad. And she didn't get that at all. Like, really? Yeah. Felt, felt like a little bit of nostalgia from it, but didn't find it sad at all. It's interesting because it is relatively minor. Yeah. So maybe you're just very simple. I am simple. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt um, in that. No, I think it it it's because of the instruments as well. Yeah. Used. It's it's almost not funeralesque. Yeah. But it's it's that kind of stripped back kind of not classical, but I I I get what you mean. I think I'm more on your side there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. I'm excited. So let's get stuck in straight away. Okay. Well. Obviously, one of my first go-tos was um, quite a bit of Frank Ocean stuff. I'm not going to play any Frank Ocean today because, um, well, actually, fuck it. Let's play a bit of solo just so people can know what the exact thing that was talked about in Dissect. Yes. So I'm going to play the chorus and the lead up to the chorus. And this is the bit uh, that they talk about in Dissect. Uh, you'll know the bit. Yeah. Feel that frisson. Feel that frisson. Solo. 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 It's hell on earth and the city's on fire. In hell, in hell, there's heaven. There's a bull in a matador dueling in the sky In hell, in hell, there's heaven So there we go. Um... Now, when you heard that track, when, when you heard that track, and he kept playing it over and over, were you understanding what he was saying? Do you know? Were you getting anything? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a part of the song that I've always liked, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I've, I probably do have some kind of reaction to it, but you know, he was saying he gets like chills every single time. Not for me. No. But I think he'd be lying if he said he got them every time. Because yeah. I don't think it works like that. I think a lot of <laughs> certainly, you know, your first time and when you play it, if you go purposely to listen to that bit you're going to enjoy it you're going to yeah. love it you you might not get that feeling every time because it, I don't think it really works like that I think it's more yeah. of the, the randomness of it yeah. is something that kind of gets you with that that feeling it's why I listen to things like ASMR um, yeah. it's, if it feels a bit more random you get a little bit more of a chill with it yeah. um, but it's a perfect example of um, of that feeling but also just having an emotional connection in general to a track or to a part of a track and with the list I've got here I will go through some that kind of give me that chill and some that give me just that connection just fire at sound which you know yeah. a lot of people will have and that's yeah. which you know that's music <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but just for me this is what we're doing wicked so the next track that I'm going to go for uh, that has that gave me that chill we're going to start with chill bits first okay is a song called Little Bird by Lisa Hannigan now I've played this track before and I would say let's listen to the whole track with this and I want to know if you can tell me the bit that I love 
Um, the reason being is because I know that this isn't your favourite kind of music. Mm-hmm. So I would want to know whether you like it, like the artist or not, or the, the kind of music it is, whether that affects how you feel about it in general. Um, so let's take a listen to the track. There is a part in this that gives me the old shiver my timbers. <laughs> okay. Or it shivers my timbers. Either one. So this is Little Bird by Lisa Hannigan. And 
cut from the kill I'm dug from the rubble And cut from the kill I'm dug from the rubble And cut from the kill So we've just played Little Bird um, by Lisa Hannigan obviously you've just heard it um, reactions Tim now we've obviously had a little discussion during there yeah now I personally I, I, first little kind of chorus comes in I'm looking at you thinking does he think it's coming here yeah I'm like you obviously didn't get anything then second one comes in something happens now I get a shiver especially in the second half of that Mm. And I'll play it again now. What I said, here I stay. I, I lay me down in a house by the hill. I'm dug from the rubble and cut from the kill. I, I lay me down in a house by the hill. So it's that moment there where not only do I have a bit of a shiver, but I'm starting to well up. <laughs> and I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, oh, he just hasn't got it. He didn't get it for that one. No, and it's it's not that I didn't like the song. No, of course. And, and it's... Is- and it's not even that I didn't kind of um, sort of respond to the emotion of it. And I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, I can really, f- I can feel how much she's putting into her vocals. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like some of her vocal. Yeah, I did. I really did. I think she's absolutely exquisite. Um, yeah, so did I. And, you know, a lot of that kind of communicating uh, her experience through the song, I'm getting that. But in terms of like a visceral reaction... I didn't, and See, I don't know if that's about having well, more history with the song, or if this it's... is what I'm going to say is that I think this is what we're the kind of the question we're answering today, um, and what we really want to discuss is that yes, I got that feeling because of a vocal melody that felt beautiful, that mm-hmm. just felt like something smooth, and it was almost textural, like it was, it just I could just feel it, yeah. But there is a slight history with the artist and a history with the song that I have based yep. on somebody. And I think, does that have... I, there, I have no connection with that person uh, in the same way. But And I don't think about the person when I hear the song. But has that affected the way I listen to that song? I would think so. I think that's possible too, but... So it's but I know there's to that emotion. Possibly, yeah, if I've ever had an emotion over that bit, which is just maybe that it's it's a nice bit of the song and that's the bit. Then again, I would say I had that first time listening. Yeah, maybe you did. Maybe you did. I guess this is a question we can't answer because we don't know the science behind it and whether yeah. there is anyway. But I find that it's similar to the solo part where it's this up and down. It's this yeah. stuff that doesn't sound like it's something that the voice should do. Yeah. But it but it has happened and it's just quite incredible. Um, now this next one I'm going to pick because it's quite similar. 
is this song called uh, Snake Eyes by the Milk Carton Kids. Now, it's similar in its aesthetic, and it's... I get it almost throughout the whole song, but I'll play a 30-second clip now with the part that I really like in it. Okay. And this is kind of based down to harmony. So let's just take a listen to the song. The cold a blanket of snow So So I don't really know why, but I always get it from this track, and I kind of fell in love with the track. There is no kind of personal connection with it whatsoever. I heard it on YouTube. I was just watching something, and it came up. Yeah. Um, and I get it from this, and I I think it's it's that harmony between the two that I kind of fell in love with. Um, but I'm kind of playing this as I kind of want to explore whether it's just sounds that sound nice to me yeah or some kind of deeper emotional connection and i guess that's why i want to know kind of if you feel anything from that and i i, I always get that it's just so not your kind of yeah. thing that one did nothing for me at all i've got to be <laughs> honest it, it it's almost one of those those songs that from the first moment i just kind of I can feel it's going to a place that is never gonna float my boat. <laughs> it's never gonna do it for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna play two more tracks here. That one of them I know does something for you, and one of them I hope does. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna play a track right now. Uh, I'm gonna play it in all in all its glory because I think it's stunning. Uh, you guys at home, see if the bit that we love really kicks in for you as well because it's a, it's a great track and it, I, I get them every time I listen to this so this is Hannah Hunt by Vampire Weekend told me some plants move but I could not believe it to me and Hannah Hunt so crawling vines and weeping willows as we made away from Providence to Phoenix A man of faith said Hidden eyes could see what I was thinking I just smiled and told him That was only true of Hannah Glided on through Waverly and Lincoln. Our days were long, our nights no longer. Count the seconds, watching the hours. Though we live on the US dollar, 
there we go i mean we both know what we're talking about here yeah absolutely and it's one of it's one of my favorite vampire weekend moments and it's kind of one of my favorite moments in any track on any album for years and years and years and years um i think the reason why this was on my list is because and the reason why i've got such a big list i think is because i took it some from somewhere i took it somewhere else basically from songs that give me a shiver to songs that give me just a almost physical reaction in yeah. general like you want to pump a fist yeah exactly or you want to you want to cry or you want to like grab somebody or you want to do yeah. something with that you can almost like feel it in your chest like yeah i can and i kind of uh, i don't know if i tense up or what it is but it feels like such a an outburst and it's almost like the it's almost like Ezra, the, the singer, he's like been trying to hold in a lot of emotion through what is quite a uh, a restrained song, and then there's just this moment where he like can't hold on to it anymore, and mm. it just kind of comes pouring out of him um, in this like, yeah, the 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 note he hits is kind of bizarre but so brilliant. Um, it it helps for me that uh, this album, although only what five years old, yeah. um, 2013, I think it was released. It feels very nostalgic. Yeah. And also, I was dating slash kind of didn't really like somebody because they were confusing and they were called Hannah. <laughs> and uh, I remember this album dropping. Yeah. 
and I was walking around at midnight in a car park somewhere in an empty car park <laughs> and I heard this song and I was like shitting hell this song was made for me like, yeah. and it's always kind of it doesn't take me back there anymore it's very very much past all that stuff now but I do have a, a real connection with that song and I think this is what we're getting at is that I mean I'm sure you would have been more comfortable with bringing picks to the table if we if this was more moments of a song yeah. that do something for you which I guess it can be and maybe you know in a couple of months we can do this again yeah. you can bring some moments to me um, the next song and the reason kind of why I did that is because there was a song that I heard this year it was released last year I have played it on the podcast before okay um, but there is a verse and I, I'm just going to play just the lead up and the verse to this one um, because it does something to me and I, it's it's one of those replay moments. I mean, have you listened to a song? Something happens. It could be small. It could be a whole verse. It could be just a, a little guitar lick. It could be something like that where you just have to keep going back. Oh and yeah, I mean, I get that over and over again. All, all the, all the, all the time. Yeah. Um, like constantly, pretty much everything that I love has a moment particularly like that. Um, one that we've talked about on the podcast before is in uh, Kanye West Famous, where the sister, sister Nancy bit comes in. It's just like, yeah, yeah I've got to listen to that a thousand more times, please. Yeah. Like, Especially when you're at a party and you're yeah. like, all right, I'm sorry, everyone, but I'm just going <laughs> to just put it back six seconds. Yeah. Um, so there's this verse in this track that I did get shivers from it. Not quite in the same, it wasn't like an emotional one, it was more of a Oh, that worked. Yeah. There was something about that that was just perfect, and I haven't been able to put my finger on it how. And I've explained to people, or tried to explain to people, why I love this verse so much. Yeah. And I can't. Okay. Um, maybe we can delve into why it's so good in a second, but I'm going to play it. Uh, the verse is from Joba of Brockhampton, and the song is sweet. Now I'm in the front seat shifting the gears. It's funny how things can change. Three hundred dollars to my name led to Hollywood. I was living off ramen and shit. Five hundred dollars on these dinners never have to pay. Growing up, my teachers told me you better get them grades up if you wanna finish high school. And after high school, you better get a degree. Cause it's a doggy dog world, you can live in the street. Flashback, I had my walk band in the minivan, listening to InSync. Saw my name on the CD. Beach blonde tips, wanted to be JT, wanted to do big things, had to fulfill a dream. Why might say I was doomed from the get-go? But those same people assume, cause they'll never know what it's like to be called to West Not Set in Stone. I am one with the ebb and flow, that's all I know. It's it's a difficult one to explain. I guess you put it well with what you told me, but it's just the flow. Fits I think, well. I think the flow is so crafted to the beat that I think that's I, I completely agree that that's I mean that tune's amazing anyway. Yeah. Um and that verse in particular always stands out to me as well. I think it's because the, the flow is so crafted to the beat that it's kind of perfect. And and because the each bar is quite short you're ready for another bounce, it's like, and it's come just after the drop. It's just this. It's just this. Because he's, is, he, you know, he delivers it percussively as well, doesn't he? And I think that yeah. it's almost like another layer of percussion on an already percussive beat, and it's like, it's brilliant. It's so good, and I think, um, I think Brockhampton one because they're great, but two, they they really lend themselves to this thing of kind of moments in songs because. Yeah. You never know who's coming up next. There's so many of them, and they do so many different things that it's like, 
you, know, you can think, oh, this is really good. And then someone comes in, you're like, oh, nice. Exactly. Um, um, and yeah, so you get those moments all the time with them that, where you're like, love it. Yeah. Um, well, I know we're playing a lot of tracks here, but that's why we're going to play some kind of shorter things as well. But as we're on Brockhampton, there is one I've got on here, which I wasn't going to mention, but I'm going to saturate you all. Huh? Hey, saturation. Funny. Um, <laughs> with another song of theirs, that, which wasn't even on saturation. But anyway, uh, the song's called Palace. And okay. I'm just going to play kind of the latter half of the, the track because it's another Joba bit as well. Yeah. But this is what I love about them. And a lot, so many so many of their songs give so much to me, especially Summer, the track Summer. I mean, that's just this ballad. And it's that's that gives me shivers. That's the song that gives me shivers. Um, but I'm going to play this song called Palace. There's this, just mo- there's this moment in the latter half of the track where the vocals just come up and it's just this soaring kind of chorus. Yeah. And it, it absolutely gets me every time. And I it's, that's I replay it, I shiver, I'm crying, everything. Um, so yeah, this is a bit of Palace by Brockhampton. Palace by Brockhampton and I think the reason why it was important to play that just after coming off the back of Sweet is firstly the amount that that band can offer you but secondly I feel like that's a mix of the um, Vampire Weekend moment with this kind of arm in the air kind of clenched almost shouting but in a more kind of controlled way yeah. it's quite euphoric isn't it that bit very euphoric um then you've also got harmony in there which might might be the reason why it's such a shivery moment yeah we don't know um and i know that's one i'm always replaying back it's just something that really just grabs me every time i listen to yeah. it, especially when it's loud in your ears and you, you can't help yeah. but it it makes me want to be creative it makes me want to do something yeah. it, it just sets me going yeah for sure there's one that I'd like to drop in here, just purely okay. because the two Brockhampton ones, um, they're both quite, um, they're both ones that go up from the point previously. 
And there's one in one of my favourite Brockhampton songs, Face, which yeah. is slightly controversial because it's the Amir Van verse and obviously not necessarily the most liked member anymore. But um, I love the beginning of his verse because actually, I mean, it's not a particularly like, up-tempo song anyway, but he really brings it back and slows it down. Mm. Um, and the first two lines, it feels like it really sticks out in the whole track for me. And it's it's his verse that I always come back to because I like the way he just he just slows it, he just pulls it back. Um, so it kind of has the same effect, but going in the complete opposite direction to the last two things that we played. Is this one of the where he's like, I need um, a friend. I need a friend. And this is another one that opens with uh, another Joe, but Joe is my favourite yeah. guy. Like, he's just the best. Um, so this is Face. Tell me what you want
guess are we another thing we bring into the table now is um just that kind of change in tempo or in in feeling of the part of the song or it's like just kind of getting caught off guard isn't it i think i think i think a lot of it is down to that it's uh, it's expecting one thing and getting another and it just it knocks you off and if it's if you're getting something else that's elevates you or that is something that is that good then you're just like, oh my god, wow! Yeah, it's yeah. like getting a little surprise, a little present, and yeah, you and can't really beat. Yeah, that. and you get that the first time, then the rest of the times, like you're sort of smiling to yourself, knowing I can't, I can't wait for the bit that's about to get here. Yeah, it's like, yes, we're getting there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it kind of the I suppose the reaction changes slightly, but it's still the same kind of yeah response. Absolutely. I'm gonna kind of, I've got a song I want to end on for a reason. I've got two tracks I want to mention. I'm going to play one of them. Um, I'm playing the, and I, I, I'm aware that this is probably all over the place in terms of like, what what question are we even answering? <laughs> um, I don't think it needs to be. I think it's like literally sitting there with your mate and being like, I love this bit. I love this bit. That's kind yeah. of what this episode's about. And like, should yeah. we? Should, let's, let's say, should we do a similar thing on your side in in a month or a month? Yeah. Or well, so? let's do the opposite. We'll do an episode where I bring to you lyrics, little lyrics that really touch me. Interesting. And oh, see if you react to them. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, I'm excited. Right, so there are two songs uh, that, for me, encapsulate, firstly, your shiveriness, and they're such emotional tracks. Now, one of them is... A little bit like you said earlier, um, there is emotions attached to it already. The song is No One Knows Me Like The Piano by Sampha. Now, this song, I find it difficult to listen to at times because I feel such kind of... I'm just fed up of saying emotion. Yeah. But um, I just feel such sadness yeah. when I listen to it. And there are moments, especially with his voice, because I think it's exquisite as well, is that it gives me that feeling as well yeah. and I because it almost keeps... creaks at times yeah like and in a good way but like it's almost like he's struggling to play it he's never getting... mind you're struggling to hear it exactly like... it's kind of like a shout or a scream yeah. but it, it's controlled so it's good um, we've played that a lot in the past you all know it um, a song I, I will play because I feel like for both of us it holds a lot and it's completely lyricless and that is Aphex Twins, uh, Avril 14. Yeah. Um, we just played a little bit to each other then, and I realised that, because I was thinking, I'm, I'm, it's a very emotional song, whatever, but do I get that shiver? And I had it throughout the whole little bit yeah. that we played. So we'll we'll play that, um, because it's it's truly wonderful. And then we're going to end on a, on a song that, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, so this is Avril 14th by Aphex Twin.
So there we go. Um, hopefully, some of you have felt a shiver with me. Yeah. Um, with that one, definitely. That's one that for me, like that one's very, very visceral and very much there every time. I, you know, maybe a bit like you with the sound for one. I almost can't listen to that. It. It is almost kind of. It doesn't have to have words. Yeah. It says so much yeah. without them. Yeah. It it kills me that one. Like, I yeah. and I don't even know why. I don't even know what quite. Obviously, that you know, some of the sort of scientific things that we were talking about earlier, and and maybe just the sort of sadness of it. But there's something about it that I just, yeah, it like hits me straight I mean, in the chest every single if, time I hear it. Yeah, we're not big classical fans, um, but obviously, time ago, um, <laughs> you know that that stuff is probably the best place to go to for yeah. for those kind of feelings because people were probably having that you know years and years and years ago before are there any kind of tracks with with vocals and yeah. things on them um not that anyone didn't sing while that stuff was going on <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what i mean yeah. um that that stuff cause, you know this is this has classical elements to it certainly yeah and i feel like a lot of classical music is quite similar um so no, we haven't necessarily answered the question here, but we're, like you say, we're 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 just kind of delving into that um, that music that gives you a feeling, and I think it's very interesting that some of these tracks obviously didn't do much for you, um, and then I've got a whole list. We'll put a Spotify link up for kind of my um, my tracks. But I just find it quite interesting, just because I I want to understand that feeling that people get. I want to know why yeah. people get it for certain things and not others. Is it something to do with the actual sounds itself, the notes? Is it the way the notes work together? Is it is it an emotional connection to the notes? Is it blah 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 blah? And yeah. I find that really interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. And that was that was wicked, man. Well done. Like I enjoyed that thoroughly. I don't know if we got any results out of the experiment, but. Absolutely I not. definitely enjoyed being part of it. Um, yeah, that was cool. Wicked. Um, I'm going to end on a track that I truly believe, and it's another one that's been played maybe at the end of last year. Um, a track that I truly believe is highly, highly underrated and unheard, um, but also has such a euphoric lift in that I thought it would lend itself very well to the end of the show. So I guess we'll we'll play that. Um, Beautiful. I'm not usually in the position where I say <laughs> so. Thanks everybody for listening, and let us know uh, what you felt for all those tracks. Yeah, and also if you've got any tracks in particular that you absolutely love or you, makes you shiver, yeah, um, then send them along. We want to know. Absolutely. Yeah. So the track that I'd like to end on is "It's Only Love." by Tiger Club uh, thanks for sitting here and listening to me chat <laughs> you're very welcome good uh, nice one well I'll see you next week mate will do and I'll see all you next week Hi, goodbye everyone. for now bye everyone bye it's turned out